Hello everyone, it's Michelle, your host for Her Do It. Her Do It is a podcast that covers money stories from women and sharing their learnings and experiences on all things personal finance. We are back with our second part of the chat with Rini and AJ, the co-founders of the Freelancers Academy. When thinking about freelancing as a career, we may typically put all our efforts into working on our selected niche and going all out in making sure we can grow our clients and grow our income. However, being a freelancer is more than just working and getting more clients, right? From having to manage business expenses, learning how to grow the business, and even paying yourself and growing your own wealth. These are all important topics to cover as a freelancer. That's why I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to speak to Rini and AJ who have done their own exploration and have so many wise words to share about how they have managed their own personal finances during their freelancing journey. Welcome back to part two. We're chatting again with Rini and AJ today. They are from the Freelancers Academy and they are co-founders of this platform. So we've already spoken to them a bit more about freelancing as a career or if you are thinking about freelancing, you can learn more about that from the episode before. But right now for this episode, we're going to learn more about them, their freelancing journey as well as a bit more on the money topic. So to start, maybe Rini and AJ, you can tell us about how your freelancing journey has been so far. What's the story like? Has there been anything that has been particularly fun or particularly not fun for you? <laughs> not fun. <laughs> so I think for the first part, I did mention that I switched from full-time career to freelancing. I've been freelancing since 2014. That's like maybe about seven years now. The journey so far has been really, really, I would say, uh, a lot of bittersweet memories. <laughs> because I'm a videographer, the bitter part is when there's something wrong with the videos. Then that one very bitter. <laughs> Either I cannot retrieve back or I have to re-record. And it depends. And then it becomes like an unhappy client. So when unhappy clients happen, then have to apologize. So redo the whole video. If it's like uh, happy, happy moments or happy stories, I meet a lot of business owners who have unique stories to tell because uh, I focus more on creating videos for business owners, corporate companies. I believe that every business has a story to tell. So whenever I film them, I learn a lot, one, about their business, about themselves and what keeps them going to be in the business for that very long time. So that is basically how my journey so far as a videographer. Very lovely and motivating story there. How about you, AJ? <laughs> as for myself, I've been freelancing uh, full-time ever since I graduated from university. And I did part-time freelancing uh, while I was studying. One of the fun things is that you get to try a lot of things because as for myself personally, I was hungry for knowledge. And I was always looking out to try a lot of new things. So it's perfectly fine because sometimes before we actually find our own niche, we need to try a lot of things, right? Because you wouldn't know unless we try. So set yourself a time frame that after you try for X period of time, and then you need to, you know, secure with a niche, which is one thing. And uh, not so uh, fun times would definitely be try and error because to me, time is valuable. Time is of essence, right? So if... I could look back and tell my younger self is that 
before you start and instead of trying on your own and see how things go is ask those who are already in it and learn from them so it really saves you a lot of time yeah I think both of you have very different journeys because for Rini, you were working in a like 9 to 5 first and then one day you had the eureka moment and was like, you know what, I want to be my own boss. But for AJ, it was different because then you already started part-timing or, or freelancing when you were in school and then right after you graduated, you continued on this journey. So it will be different questions for the both of you. For Rini, have you ever in your life before freelancing considered doing freelancing before or it's just like one that one day that one day of like this is it I am going to be my own boss it is the aha moment <laughs> like what AJ mentioned our age difference is really huge so I'm actually in the age range where it, you study hard and then you get a good job and then you just uh, climb the corporate ladder so usually my age range right they seldom go into building a business or freelancing after they graduated because that's how our mindset are being set at that point of time so in terms of whether I wanted to be a boss or building a business or freelancing uh, it's nev- it never come across my, my thoughts or my mind or even in my dreams <laughs> if I were to uh, look back I mean if I were to say about like my family we don't even have anyone who actually doing business so it's just myself so all of us are like working full time it's study hard work full time study hard work full time so it's an aha moment the light bulb moment that okay i'm done with nine to five job let me do something for myself instead of um making others rich might as well i like, make myself rich lah. golden quote number three <laughs> third one. yeah third one. oh my goodness if you guys wanted to check out the two golden quotes last episode of this podcast previous episode but i really like what you've just mentioned and i've written it down so that we can come back later to talk a bit more about like you having a more unconventional career path afterwards and how you dealt with family on that particular topic but for aj i guess it has always been in your blood to do freelancing then sweat and blood yeah yeah Yeah, when you sweat it also it says freelancer in the sweat freelancing words trickle down my cheeks Okay, right, but that means you never considered wanting to do something that is more on like the regular side. Yeah, so our path is completely different as for myself. Maybe some fun facts. So after graduation, you know, like every undergrad, we have to, you know, apply for jobs, right? So that's exactly what I did. So I sent out my resumes and hoping to land myself in a full-time job like everyone else. But deep down inside, like my heart, I know that if I enter the full-time job, I already plan when to quit, you know. It's like that, you know, like I really know when to quit, you know, I haven't even got in the job, right? I want to quit already. So I think the universe understands me deeply, right? So they like, okay, since AJ, you want to quit already, right? Then you're not going to get any full-time job. So I guess uh, my aha moment would be, I got a rejection. That was my eureka moment. I feel that this is my calling. I've been doing freelance, even in school, and I've been enjoying it, so why not turn it full-time? Mm. And when I look back into my younger self, a lot of your teachers would ask, like, okay, what do you want to do when you grow up? You know, do you want to be a doctor? Do you want to be a lawyer? You know, all those fancy jobs. But for me, all I wanted to do, right, was to be a boss. But I did not know what boss to be. So now I have my answer. I like that and I found a quote for you is that if you're oh, yes. your own boss you will never have to reject yourself. Wow. <laughs> that, that is so true because 
if you think about it, if you were your own boss, right, you will always strive to deliver things that are better and better. Like, you will never mm. reach a point whereby you would create, may- maybe certain people, I'm not sure, but I don't think you ladies would create something that you, w- you are not proud of or that you mm. would have to reject yourself, like your own work, before you give it out to your client, right? So that's a great story. And I feel that you've been able to cover all the questions I wanted to ask in terms of your freelance <laughs> journey. <laughs> but so now we now will... We yeah, yeah. And, and that's good too. So the next part then, we will move into something that is slightly more sensitive. But hopefully it, in the future, like, you know, five years from now, ten years from now, it shouldn't be a sensitive topic anymore because freelancers, it's not free. Like, you still need to be paid and you still need to eat. So it's still related yes. to the topic of money. And people view freelancing as something that's probably a bit more volatile, right? Because it's not you sitting in an office and then you have a guaranteed income amount on a monthly basis. So the first question that I had for the both of you is, do you consider your career in freelancing something that you would define as risky? I wouldn't say it's like totally risky. Yeah, there are risks involved mm. because for example if you are a full-time job then you go into freelancing you don't have extra income then yes that's risky we freelancers uh, definitely do have our own set of challenges especially when it comes to money because our income are all variable so when it comes month to month it's not a fixed amount we also don't have benefits where full-time employee has so if a project this month actually can bring us $2,000, then maybe next month is like $3,000. Then following month can be even less than $2,000. So it's very variable in that sense. But for me, I just take it as a challenge. If you don't challenge yourself, then you are not uh, building or even increase your knowledge. But in terms of the challenge, just diving a bit more into that, would you consider like every month I have to do better than my previous month a challenge that you you constantly have i would say that's a challenge and a goal like for example this month maybe you want to earn two thousand dollars then next month you challenge yourself and you put down your goal okay i want to earn three thousand dollars so how do you want to achieve that you have to go back to uh what are your services what are do you have products and then you have to list down you work backwards how you want to market all your services or your products to achieve your ultimate goal, which is maybe $3,000 for this month. Yeah. I think that is super important. And actually that comes down to one of the things that we've mentioned earlier is even if your work as a freelancer is on the more creative side, maybe that all these things that you've just mentioned is something from a more like financial slash mathematical side. Mm. So if you actually work it backwards and you realize that if you are pricing yourself too low, you realize that you have not enough time to be able to have so many jobs in order for you to reach your goal. So it's really important for you to set goals as what Winnie has mentioned. Mm. You know what that goal is and then you work backwards so that you know at least what is the minimum amount I need to charge in order for me to be able to reach that goal, right? Yep, that's true. Yes, correct. And AJ, how about you? For someone who leaped right into the freelancing train after graduation, did you consider that move as risky or did you feel that having a stable job, right, actually was more risky for you, actually? She loves risk. (laughs) 
I mean, where's the fun without risk, right? I see. I wouldn't say it's riskier. I think really have mentioned that, you know, it's just a different set of challenges and a different uh, path. It's very hard to compare, you know, whether freelancer is more risky or employee is more riskier because we have seen last year that even though you have a full-time job and you're yeah. an employee, you're still in a risky spot because there are still retrenchment going on. And I personally feel that ever since, like, COVID happened, right? Mm. There's no such thing as stable job stable, yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah, and I guess if you want to look on the brighter side of risk for freelancing is that even though we have variable income, one good thing is that we don't have an income ceiling. Yeah. Yes, so that's one uh, perks of as well. Nice. And so before hopping onto the freelancing train, right? I know, really you mentioned how you had your Eureka moment and then I, I'm not too sure if you had like a little buffer. So did you create or, or make sure you saved up some money first before you hopped onto that train or it was just that you, you going back to the Eureka moment again? If I remember correctly, I had only like three months of buffer. Yeah, and it's not enough, guys. Don't do that. How how did you manage then? Like that you've only had three months? Does that mean that for you, you had to no matter what, make sure within three months, you have to start making some form of money in order to cover? Yes. When I quit my job, I didn't do like proper calculation. I just wanted to quit my job. It was a very harsh decision that I made actually. So when people actually know my story, they'll be like, are you crazy back then? <laughs> so maybe lah. <laughs> I had to make sure that I get at least the income that I was bringing back when I was doing 9 to 5 job. Yeah, so at least that to sustain for a few months. And then after that, I increase my pricing. I do all these uh, financial goals, what I want to do, how do I do work, work backwards and all that. Yeah, so one of the mistakes that I made was I did not have any mentor back then. So seven, six years ago, there is very less people, very less female in the video industry even actually videographer as a whole, there are a lot of videographers in the wedding industry compared to corporate. So I did not have any mentor that I can ask how is it like to be a videographer in the corporate sector to work with B2B, how to talk to clients in B2B because talking to clients in B2B and talking clients to B in B2C is totally different tone of voice. So that was my mistake. I did not have any mentor. I did not have anybody to talk to or ask. All I did was Google <laughs> and not much information back then, yeah. <laughs> and it's all about try and error. It's really tiring. It was really, really tiring because I need to put in a lot of try and error. Yeah, so that's why TFA is here. It's faster than Google. Nice. Ask. Like AJ said, ask. <laughs> so if you can turn back time, right? One is you will probably have more buffer yes. money to start before you quit. And then two is that you will find a mentor like right at the mm. start for the niche yes. that you're going into. Really, Correct. really yeah. good. How about you, AJ? As a student, you probably wouldn't even have had the, the job thing like giving you that income. But then you also had your part-time work, like freelancing when you're a student. Did that give you a bit of a buffer before you launch into a full-time career in freelancing? I would say yeah, it really helped at least to sustain myself. Because you kind of like have to set goals or challenge yourself. Like if you want to earn an X amount of money, how much work you need to clock in and hours you got to clock in. Then as a student, then if let's say I want to like save up, for example, to buy a laptop or to buy a computer, which is like one one 1.2K, then you just have to do the math and work backwards. Yeah, so I think it's very important to set 
a deadline because you get to plan things out properly and it give you the extra push that you need to achieve it as well. And I was thinking because both of your work probably requires some pretty expensive equipment, how did you work towards saving enough money to be able to afford that equipment? When I have my pay, I will save 30% of my savings. To For that savings part, I will actually save for emergency and I have like another 20% to input in like my splurge jar or happiness jar that I can buy my equipment and all Right, okay. Yeah. Nice. So your splurge jar is actually for a business expense aka your... That's right. Alright, alright. That's very, very rational. 50% of your pay going into like mm. an equipment as well as savings. How about you, AJ? Yeah, but I guess if we're talking about like getting equipments, right, it's really to be resourceful. So one of the key traits, right, is to be resourceful, meaning, right, do your research, okay, do your research, what kind of equipment that's in the market, find ways that you can get at a cheaper rate, you know, if you have to buy secondhand, it's way cheaper, and then you got to check, like, you know, does this uh, equipment give me more than what you can? What I think that you can deliver. So it's really about being resourceful, because then uh, you don't have to uh, churn out too much cash, but then you still can get things done within yeah. a short period of time. Yeah, yeah. So I feel that this is like the auntie in me. Get the best deal. Do what you have. Be resourceful because you don't need a thousand over dollar camera. Nowadays, our phone very high-tech already. You can even shoot videos in 4K. So if you are a freelancer and wants to churn out content in videos, photos, or even like starting a podcast, you don't need expensive equipments. You just use your phone. Use your trusted earpiece. Mm. So... Like people come up to us and ask, uh, AJ, what is the what's the what is a good microphone? Then she will answer your earpiece. <laughs> As for those who are starting out. I mean, because if you wanna start something with a no or low budget, right? Yeah. Really use what you have. And then slowly as you gain momentum, you gain confidence, then you wanna purchase certain products or like certain equipments, then that's where you have to see the different tiers as well. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. Clear. And I actually get a lot of questions as well from people uh, about equipment for podcasting. And I always say, you don't have to do too much research into it because exactly. especially your first few episodes is really for you to just try, right? Yes. You, yes. You're not going to get a thousand people listening to, to your audio or like watching your videos at the start. So try and learn along the way. And then there are a lot of resources out there for you to find out what is a good equipment as well as at an affordable price. I think the perks that we have is because we are in the industry that already have equipments. So for people, who don't have equipment just use whatever you have don't go and buy Yeti microphone oh yeah They're expensive you know very very expensive hundreds of dollars yeah and a lot of right. times when you start like especially if you're not doing it as a job let's say for me mm. right I see so many people who start a podcast because it's fun and then they quit yes. after three episodes so imagine you bought your Blue Yeti microphone and then like it only lasted you for three episodes then it's, it's just there like forever and then you now have to find how to sell that second hand and then that would be useful for people like AJ who's looking for a yes. deal yeah, so I guess if for those of you who want to start like video or podcast, you can also head down to our website where we actually uh, have free uh, resources to help you kickstart on that journey as well. Oh, that is great. I will link that into the, the description box in the podcast episode. And the next question I have is on managing money. Because you've mentioned just now that the amount that comes in to you 
it's variable. So how do you manage between saving and potentially investing if you do and splurging on things that you like, like traveling and like nicer food as well as like your regular expenses now that is actually not something that you can predict to be a fixed amount on a regular basis? As for myself, I go by this 20-20 rule whereby the moment I get my paycheck, I will set aside immediately 20% goes uh, to my savings and then another 20% goes to like insurance or investment. Then the remaining would be my living expenses or buying equipment or building up my business. And on top of that, aside from the 20-20 rule, I also just started a yearly happiness goal. It's like a yearly challenge. And so every week, they will tell you how the amount that you have to save. So you set aside that amount. And at the end of the year, it's for you to splurge nice. on things. Which is the best feeling ever. So yeah, so that's my... <laughs> mine, is also, mine is also similar to AJ. And on top of that, also, I do have like 100 days kind of challenge. So on top of yearly, I also have 100 days. So busy nowadays, I must save money. I think it's the feeling of accomplishment uh, at the end of whether it's 100 days or after 365 days. It's the feeling of accomplishment that, hey, actually, I can save. Actually, everybody can save. It's just that whether you can resist your, what do you call it? Temptations. Temptations, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's the word. Yeah. Correct. I like that. I like that. And I really like how you, AJ, you mentioned that the money goes out first. So I think that com- yeah. concept is called like paying yourself first. So like when your money yes. comes in immediately, you know that there are certain uh, saving goals, for example, investment goals that you have to hit. And the money goes there first because it's for you. Like ultimately, your yes. savings and your investments go to you, right? At the end of the yeah. day. And what you're spending on probably is more satisfying something that is instant today and not thinking too much about the future. So I really, really like that. And coming back to certain parts of the money topic, things that freelancers don't get. So for example, you mentioned like employee benefits such as maybe insurance as well as like your CPF. I'm not too sure if similarly, right, you guys probably, you can contribute to CPF yourself, but then obviously you are not employed by someone, so it's not like a regulation. How do you manage that part of your career? For CPF, uh, I make sure that I put at least in the Medisafe because that is also ultimately for my own uh, usage if I were to get sick and, and stuff like that. But in terms of benefits, like medical benefits, yes, we don't have medical benefits. So if we were to go to the doctor, then if we are given MC, then we send to ourselves. Lah. In terms of managing, I believe that savings first is really important and then uh, the part where I need to do the investment, the, you know, uh, savings in terms of the investment because I, I make that as like my benefits. So these are all my benefits by the end of maybe about five years, like 10 years or something like that. So when I have that kind of mindset to put aside all these savings before I spend my money or my, spend my pay, then I know that I'm safe because I've experienced the three months only, right? Income from nine to five to freelancing. So I, I'm not going that way anymore. I make sure that when I get my money, I manage in such a way that I put the savings first and then into insurance. And then after that, I spend to whatever that I need to spend because living expenses is still important. Yes, I think that is really, really great uh, things that you've shared. And I hope that those who are looking into freelancing, they will really take that to heart because sometimes you think 
that oh when I quit I just need to do what I love right but then you will forget that actually when you work in a like corporate job it comes with a lot of additional benefits that you never factor into for example like when you contribute to CPF they also have to match it so actually you get a bit more in terms of your retirement savings and then like insurance and stuff so those things are definitely expenses that one has to look into lah when they are when they are freelancing how about you AJ any interesting things that you want to share as well um, I guess I just, just to add on to what I really mentioned for those who are young and who are starting out really get your finances right first because later on you know when you're halfway through the journey then you realise that oh I, I didn't put enough savings or I didn't uh, have enough insurance or my medical isn't taken care of so start when if you're planning to start when you're young start savings when you're young as well that's I, I kind of learned it the hard way like I, I realized a bit later on during my journey and also to add on that you have to understand that even though freelancing is not your life right but your life will change into different phases for an example your life as a student will be different after you graduate okay your life when you're single will be different when you're married so you need to understand that at different phases of your life, right, your finances, your, your financial planning will also be different as well. So there's no like cookie cutter thing. So it's really based on the individual. Personally, I feel like, for example, for CPF, right, the, the whole bulk of CPF, why is it so important here is because to buy a house. Eventually, yeah. you're going to buy a house. However, not everyone wants to buy a house. Then you have to ask yourself back the question, you know, do I really need this CPF or can I use that money to maybe pump into investment or to yeah. medical or other things that may benefit you even more. Mm. So this is something I feel that educating yourself and really learning and understanding, okay, uh, coming from me, right, I'm not a finance person, okay, I had to learn it the hard way. Yeah. So, but once you learn the hard way, right, then you realize that everything makes sense. And then when you are aware, your decision is also important. So I had to go through all the hardship of learning like dollar and cents, which I do not like. But sometimes yeah. we need to do things that we do not like. Any yes. particular story that you would like to share about like a challenging part in your freelancing journey in terms of money? Okay, I would say even up till now, right, I can still remember it very clearly. So, you know, when we are still studying, right, when we are still, uh, you know, starting out and everything. So, I had a not so pleasant um, experience uh, for insurance because I had the, you know, the, the conception that, oh, you know, like I'm insured for medical as well as investment. So, I kind of like went on the wrong side and it was a bad experience for me. But then that experience, right, made me learn it the hard way. So because of that experience, right, I then dwelled into understanding, you know, what is insurance, what are the differences, the difference between uh, investments and CPF, all the things that I never thought that I would actually bother researching about. So because of that one bad experience, right, like whenever, you know, when, for example, another agent were to come along, I'm not saying that it's, it's every agent, okay, but if another agent come along and you know your thing, they would be like afraid of you because, hey, this person knows what's going on. So I, I don't have any uh, leeway to try to like do anything funny and stuff like that. So I think it's also for us as freelancers to really educate ourselves in terms of finance, even though we do not like to do it, but then we have to survive, we have to eat, we have to live and, we need, and we're going to grow old anyway. So everyone grows old anyways, right? So you really need to take this into consideration that your life is in different stages and you need to be prepared when you enter the next stage. I really AJ, like that. I think AJ, uh, AJ experienced all the stages. Yeah. From student to single to, to married. To yeah. married. Uh, 
as a freelancer. Yes. For me, I only experience when I'm already married as a freelancer. So for me also, I think it's the same as AJ. You need to be very aware of finances. You don't like, you still must be aware. <laughs> because, yes. Yeah. Because really, you really got no choice. Because if you're not aware of your finances, right, how are you going to manage the business? So how are you going to build your business because if you are going to be your business you definitely need money being a freelancer is not just getting money from clients you have to invest in your business as well how do you want to grow your business so financing is actually a most important topic that you must learn as a freelancer whether you like it or not yeah it's like teacher teacher Rini says learn Yes, yes, teacher. <laughs> I love that sharing because I think it's like a misconception that when yeah. you're doing freelancing, it's all about doing what you love, like what you really, really enjoy, that particular niche, and you can make a lot of money out from it. But there are so many parts Back of end. running, yeah, of a business. Not everything is something you're going to like, especially if yeah. you don't like numbers, you don't like finance. Unfortunately, you will have to deal with it anyway. And honestly, whether you are freelancing or whether you're working in a corporate job, you think it's stable and all, you still have to look after your finances. And that's why it's yeah, so important. Yes. And ultimately, like exactly like what AJ said, you have to eat, you have to survive, and you will grow old, and one day you will no longer yeah. have income. So how do you then survive that if you didn't look yeah. after your money when you were younger? Yeah, I would say be resourceful. Yes, you must be knowledgeable. Like if you don't understand insurance, learn about insurance. You, you don't understand about accounting, learn about accounting. If you don't understand writing, learn writing. Yeah. yeah. If you're lazy like me, ask. Easy to yes. Google, like it's because Google got a lot of answers, right? Just ask that one person. Yes. Who is very expert in that? So at least you get the answer from the horse's mouth. Yes, directly. <laughs> I like that. Directly. Yeah. I think asking asking is so undervalued. Like what I mentioned, people think they are still thinking that if you are doing freelancing or whether you're doing a business, they feel that they are in competition which is not a right mindset. For example, I'm a videographer. I work with other videographers in my, my own project. So it's like a collaboration. Nowadays, it's no longer about competition. So mm. if you do have that competition mindset, competitor mindset, then you have to change your mindset. And I think similarly in, in the money theme as well, like when people don't talk about money, it's like when you talk about money, you don't lose money to your friends or your yeah. family. And... Even better than that, when you talk about money together, you'll be able to learn and you can grow your money together. So why are people not talking about it? Is it just the Asian thing? I'm not sure. We are not comfortable talking about money since young. Yeah. And I think that has yeah. to change because it's honestly such a big part of our lives. And if we let it take over our lives and make us feel like guilty and like we don't want to talk about it, it's a taboo subject, then forever your life will be controlled by money. But what you should do instead yep. is you should take control of money instead of let it control your life. Yes, now that is a goal. <laughs> Thanks, I'll put that up too. Okay, I probably just have one or two more questions that came up during our conversation just now. I think the okay. second last one is on family. Do you feel like it was a tough conversation to have with your family about going to do something that is a bit more unconventional compared to what probably they have done? For me, I am very blessed because when I jump into freelancing, I'm already married. So I have a very supportive husband who supports in whatever I, I, I do. Like I want to go into, I, I told him, okay, I think I want to quit my job and I want to do this full time. 
and he's very supportive of it and and my husband is not someone who meddles with what I do he no nuts about my business he don't know the equipments that I buy he don't even know anything but for me he is my emotional support sometimes I need an outlet to you know rants I need an outlet to not say asking for solution I just want him to like listen so I'm kind of blessed in that way lah. He is very supportive. I want to cry. It's so important when people around you, especially your family, are very supportive of this journey because going yeah. on this journey is already very tough to begin with. So having people who are supportive will definitely be very useful for you like along yeah. the journey. How about you, AJ? Oh, okay. I think like what I previously mentioned, right? That I went through freelancing in all my stages. Let's start with the first stage as being a student, okay, as being a daughter, or in, in your family um, I guess for me is that I have very I would say very chill parents so my only thing that to them is that you don't have to pay for me because I'm paying myself I think if you can prove to that to your parents right then your parents will not question you because you are self-sufficient you can survive on your own and your parents don't have to fork out more money for you so that's that's the first stage as a student <laughs> okay so next stage is you're going to the adult world Okay, adult world means that, you know, you have bills to pay. It's all about on your own already. It's how you survive oneself, okay, as one person. So then that that was when, like, same thing goes back to my family. They know that I am supporting myself, so they don't really question much on what I'm doing. As long as I'm happy, as long as I spend time with them, and as long as I don't create any unnecessary problems, and that's perfectly fine. Okay, and then now entering the next stage is that you meet someone, you guys, right? Okay, so going into marriage, okay, going into marriage, I'm also very grateful to have an uh, understanding partner because I made it clear to him that, hey, you know what, I'm a freelancer, this is what I do, and before married, after married, I'm still going to do what I do. So are you okay with that? It's really about communication as well. Communicate with your partner and even uh, for Vini, you know, even though we are business partners, right, we also communicate as well. And I think that that's a very important skills to have. So then now that I'm already married and I'm still, you know, living the married life whereby, you know, like housing and everything else that's come into place, right? So that's what, that's what I mentioned. Different stages of your life requires different things, correct? Yeah, so maybe what I earned last year, Okay, maybe I feel that this year might not be, be enough. And then that's when you set yourself a challenge. That's when you start setting goals, bigger goals. You know, there, there will be bigger risks. But then what's the fun if there's no risk, right? It's about that support system. Like what Rini, uh, like the both of us, we mentioned that having that strong support system is the one thing that actually pushes us forward. Because sometimes it's not about the money or materialistic thing. It's about the people who are there with us. Yeah. And that's all we need mm. to move forward. I feel like that deserves a... Like a super clap, like Rini actually had the clapping, had the clapping emoji already when you were speaking. I think that is really, really golden too. Not a quote that that was like a golden paragraph. Of I got all the stages. Yeah. Perfectly. Yeah, I cover all the stages. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I have nothing left to ask on the family side. I think you guys like perfect example on communicating when people don't understand what you're doing and most people don't because we grow up only knowing a particular type of career and we always see like freelancing as risky and it's not something that a lot of people have experience in especially our parents so in order for someone to be able to support us they need to be able to understand what we're doing 
And that's why being able to have a frank conversation and tell them what you are doing and like reassure them, I think that would definitely help with the situation. The last question that I have, I don't want to have too difficult a question to end. So I, hopefully it's something a bit lighter. So when we are working in like a normal like corporate job, people look forward to like retirement time. So when I retire, I want to chill, you know, I want to travel. For you guys, like what does it mean? What is retirement like? Is retirement the same as a normal like co- corporate job, like 60 years old retirement? Or actually you guys are on track to retire earlier in life? Or do you already feel now it's kind of half-half retired because you can do anything you want anytime? Age, yeah, age is start for you must. Really, it's approaching retirement age. So <laughs> thanks. AJ, <laughs> <Easy>, thanks. <laughs> okay, like, you're like, okay, so retirement is subjective. Okay, how you see retirement as. But then, for me, I feel that there's no such thing as retirement. Because as of now, where I am at in my stage right of life, I'm doing the things that I love. I'm surrounded by family and friends. Before COVID, I travel everywhere, anywhere. What else? I'm entering the next stage of my life. I'm a married woman now. And I'm slowly going into that whole married life stage. And I'm happy. I think the most important thing is that being happy, whether you're retired or not. And I feel that uh, retirement is so passe in a sense that even if I'm old, 70, 80 years old, but I'm still able to do right, I still want to give back, definitely. So if you see it as a form of retirement, then yeah, sure. If you, for now, I'm doing the things that I love, you want to see as retirement, yeah, sure. Then I can safely say that I'm already retired, guys. <laughs> well, before I, I cover that, Rini, you want to go in terms of like your definition of retirement? I, I retired from my 9 to 5 job. <laughs> Okay, but actually, uh, yeah, like what Asia mentioned, retirement is very different for each person, uh, individual. I am reaching my 40. I cannot see myself like retire. I cannot put myself like an age to retire, like I want to retire at 50. Because I am doing things that I love doing every single day. And then I can also do things that I love every single day. So if, yeah, if that's what you call retirement, then yes, I have retired. But I'm, I definitely retired from 9 to 5 job. That is true. Now today, guys, I've been speaking to two retirees on yes. the podcast. <laughs> I, I think that is great. Hopefully, people will see that as a goal. And the goal is not a age, right? The goal yeah. can be a number. You need a number to survive regardless. But I think what is more important beyond that is happiness. Like what is the stage yes. where you feel every day you are having a great time and you're doing things that you love? Obviously, when you're doing things that you love, there will also be some roadblocks or hiccups here and there. And that's part of life. It's yeah. not that you're gonna live a stress-free life when you are retired or when you are really happy. So, yeah, I think that is exactly the, the goal and that's also what I share uh, as well, that the goal you set is not a time, it's not a number, but it's more of like how do you set happiness as a goal and how do you attain that happiness? It's beyond the number, it is a goal that you want to achieve and that should be happiness at the end of the day. Yeah. Great. And that 
marks the end of our very long podcast episode. Thank you so much again to Rini and AJ for spending lots of thank time you, with us today. I hope everyone learned something. Us. Thank you, thank you. And I learned a lot from them today. So I'll share more information about some of the things that they've mentioned, some of the resources that they gave us in the description box. So if you guys want to check that out, I will put it right there and you can click to check out more things. Thank you so much again. Bye everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you ever consider a career in freelancing or you are already freelancing right now and you never really looked into your personal finances much, I hope this episode inspired you to get started. As usual, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, do follow us on Spotify or rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or the platform that you're listening to this on. If you have any questions at all, feel free to drop me a DM on Instagram at her.doit and I'll be happy to answer your questions there. As usual, a disclaimer that I'm not a certified financial planner, so everything that I've shared today as well as AJ and Rini are all just our own experiences and our learnings throughout our own money journey. As mentioned in the episode, all the links that we've spoken about will be shared in the summary text of this podcast episode. Till the next time, bye!